John of the Cross, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, said these words, silence is God's first language. Silence is God's first language. It's like his native tongue. God is way more comfortable with silence than I am, than I think most of us are. Hey, welcome to the Praying Through Podcast, Season 2. This is Episode 8. My name is Jarrett Stevens, and I'm one of the lead pastors of Soul City Church right here in the heart of beautiful downtown Chicago. We are a local church with a global vision and a really simple mission. We want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's why we do everything we do, and if you have yet to visit us. We would love to have you. We would love to say, hey, if you're ever in Chicago or know someone that lives around these parts, uh, we'd love to have you at Soul City Church. You know, one of the ways that I'm a part of what we do as a church in helping people find and follow Jesus is I write books from time to time. And my last book came out in January of 2020. It's a book on prayer called Praying Through, and so excited to put it out into the world. Had no idea when that book came out that within two months, the entire world would be shutting down due to the coronavirus. And uh, that experience has greatly shaped, obviously, all of our lives in ways known and unknown, but it's also shaped the way that I connect with God and how I pray and how I find God in the midst of difficult seasons. And so what I thought would be fun to do is to go back through the book that I wrote pre-pandemic and now look at it on whatever side we're on of the pandemic and see what still lines up. See maybe where I see things differently or maybe disagree with what I wrote uh, just a few short years ago. And to bring that to you, uh, kind of the current thoughts on each of the chapters of the book. I'm gonna be reading a section from the book and then talking about uh, how that applies in this unique moment and how I hope it is something that reaches you in the unique season that you find yourself in on this episode of the pod, we're actually going to be looking at what to do when you don't hear anything from God. What do you do when you're praying or trying to connect with God and you don't hear anything? I think anyone who's ever taken to prayer has found seasons, has found times where you just don't hear anything from God. And that can be incredibly frustrating, incredibly confusing. And so what do you do when you don't hear from God in prayer? You know, there's a, a quote by John of the Cross that says this, and I, when I read this, I thought, oh man, this makes so much sense. John of the Cross, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, said these words, silence is God's first language. Silence is God's first language. It's like his native tongue. God is way more comfortable with silence than I am, than I think most of us are. And so what we're going to do just for the next couple of moments is explore how do you connect with God when you're not hearing from God, when, when, when it's hard to sort of sense what God is up to or where God's moving in your life. And so this is a little piece of the book that I wrote, again, before the pandemic, and then after I read it, I want to share some thoughts on what I've learned since writing these words. This is what I wrote in this chapter on when it's hard to hear from God. For years, the outgoing voicemail message on my phone went something like this. Hello? 
Hello? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I can barely hear you. Wait, there. Okay, okay. I think I heard you. Can, can you speak up? Nah, just kidding. I'm not really here. Leave a message. It's Jared. I'll get back to you. See, I thought I was pretty clever. But apparently not everyone felt the same. Many people would leave messages laughing, if not slightly annoyed. My grandmother, Jen, though, she was not amused. Her voicemails usually consisted of calling me a brat or some other colorful name that she could get away with, and then telling me how she fell for it every time, and that the next time she saw me, she was going to box my ears. I never really knew what that meant, but I knew she could do it. And as funny as I thought that was, that's precisely what prayer is like at times for many of us. Like we've dialed up God, we're hoping to hear from him, needing to hear from him, only to sense he isn't even there. Like there's no one on the other end. After a while, it's easy to imagine that our prayers are nothing more than unanswered voicemails left for an otherwise preoccupied God. Few things in life are as deafening and defeating as the seeming silence of God. This is partly because we live in a world of constant noise, distraction, and instant interaction. We live in a world of FaceTime and Facebook Live. We can be connected to people we've never met from halfway around the world whenever we want. The thought of God not showing up or making us wait or not giving us what we want when we want it, well, that's unthinkable. The great irony in all our struggling with God's silence is that so often, silence is the very thing that we most offer to God. There have been far more times than I can count when I've been silent with God or about God. Times when God has spoken and I haven't chosen to listen or respond. My hunch is that you have offered up your fair share of silence as well. Maybe maybe you used to pray and then you just stopped. You went silent. And you don't really know how or when or why. Maybe you pray about certain things in your life, but are silent with God about others, hoping that God won't ask or remember. We seem to have no problem with silence on our end, but when God doesn't speak to us how we want or when we want, when God is seemingly silent, it can be the breaking point of our faith. Uh, musician Andrew Peterson wrote a powerfully poignant song called The Silence of God, and it touches on that pain from God's silence in his lyrics. This is what he wrote. It's enough to drive a man crazy, enough to make him wonder if he's ever been sane, when the heaven's only answer is the silence of God. Now, obviously, I cut out a few of the rhyming parts there, but I wanted you to get the idea that it's enough to make you go crazy when heaven's only answer is the silence of God. If you've ever experienced the unsettling silence of God, you know what Peterson's getting at. You know what it's like to feel that God isn't there or maybe he doesn't care. What you may not know is that you are not the first person to experience the silence of God. You are not the first person to face the vacuum left in the absence of God's voice. You are not the first and you are not alone. Others have faced what you have faced or are facing right now. 
You may not have the answers you want from God, but at least you have company. Not only have others walked where you walk, but someone also walks with you, even if you cannot currently hear his voice. The comforting, albeit confusing truth, is that God is with you, even in the silence. Even in his silence, he may not be heard, but that does not mean he cannot be found. As hard as it may be to believe, silence is not the same as absence. See, God may be quiet with you, but that doesn't mean that he's quit on you. I'll say that again. God may be quiet with you, but that doesn't mean that he's quit on you. Jesus knew the value of silence. He didn't run from it. He ran after it. The gospel writers make sure that we get that silence was a part of how Jesus prayed through his journey to the cross. Luke 5, 16 says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Lonely places, quiet places, places away from the noise of the world around him, places away from the demands of the crowds. We don't know how or, or, or what Jesus prayed during these times, but we do know that he sought them out. He made time and space for quiet, for silence. And in so doing, Jesus teaches us yet again how we can pray. But what if the silence of God is not something to simply endure, but rather something to embrace? What if instead of running from silence or, or being frustrated by it, you were able to seek it out, to claim it as a way to pray? Can you learn not only to get comfortable with silence, but also to incorporate it into your everyday life? See, praying through silence can be challenging, but the more you practice it, the better you get at it. The less you fight it, the less you resist it, the easier it comes to you. You may not be able to start with a day or an hour, but you can start with five minutes. You can intentionally carve out time in the morning before everyone else is up or at the end of the day after everything else is done and the house is quiet. You can take your first five minutes at work before you open your inbox or go for a walk during lunch. You can learn to make silence your friend so that when God is silent, you'll be speaking the same language. You can resist the urge to thrash about and allow yourself to rest submerged and surrounded by God's loving presence. Allow every one of your fears and cares and concerns and complaints to be exhaled and to float away. See, when you think about it, praying through silence is perhaps one of the simplest and easiest ways for you to pray. After all, you don't have to worry about how to pray or what to say. In fact, the whole point of silence is for you to do and say nothing. Your job is just to show up, to make space, to make time. Silent prayer is, it's not something you stumble into. It, it takes initiative and intentionality. Like Jesus, it requires you setting aside a, a time and a place away from the distractions and demands of the day. See, for me, praying through silence happens best in the morning, like before the kids are up or shortly after we've dropped them off from school or made sure that they got off to school all right. It, it happens 
in this old gray chair we have. It's actually the first piece of real furniture that Jean and I ever bought, like actually bought at a store. It's usually for about five minutes for me. Sometimes it's for 10. It consists of me setting a timer on my watch or phone and then setting it aside, closing my eyes, breathing slowly and deeply, and sitting still. It usually takes the first couple of minutes for me to name each of my distractions and and, and preoccupations and then start to release them like little air bubbles. It helps me to be as specific as possible with each of these and, and to release them with an exhale. Then I just, I sit. It's a conscious choice to, to rest in God's presence. As I find myself getting distracted and, and pulled back to the surface by this thought or that, I just, I try as best I can to just name it and release it. Sometimes I'm reminded of a verse or a truth of God. Other times, it's just silence. And I would love to tell you that this is a practice that happens every day, but it's not. But it is a practice that's important enough to me that I have a weekly call with a friend who encourages me to seek it out. I have yet to regret making time for silence, but I can tell when I do not. I imagine those around me can tell as well. The more I practice it, the more comfortable I become with it, the more I desire it, and the closer I feel to God, even when God chooses to be silent. So this whole chapter on silence and the silence of God is is, is all about learning to embrace the silence of God, which, again, as I just read to you from that section of the book, has been a journey for me. It really has been a long journey for me. I spent many years resisting the silence of God, especially as someone with ADD. Um, my goodness, uh, you just, you know, think of a distraction and I'm already on it. I mean, th- this, this really is something that I've had to work through for me because I'm really good at distracting myself. I mean, I think ADD could stand for a distracted dude. Like that's, that's kind of what I am. And so learning to sit still and learning to be quiet has been, you know, there's a phrase spiritual disciplines. It's like taking discipline for me. I, I really have to. And I've had to start out with five minutes and then I've been able to go to 10, 30 minutes of just silence and presence with God sitting in that silence. And look, I'll be honest with you during COVID and during this unique window that we've been living in, there have been multiple times where I found myself revving up, you know, as everything was kind of shutting down, all of my fear and anxiety was revving up. Like, oh my God, what am I, what are we going to do? How am I going to protect myself? How am I going to protect my kids, our family? What are, what can Jeannie and I do around this house? What can we do to keep them safe? And then, you know, the next thoughts would start to rise up, you know, what about our church? How are we going to do this? How are we going to protect and keep the people who are part of our church safe, our staff safe? How's all this going to work? How long is this going to last? I think we naively thought when we first went into lockdown back in the middle of March of 2020, I remember being on a call with the mayor's office and saying, look, we'll, we'll lead the way. We'll make sure that we shut our church down first and make sure that we honor and, and, and recognize what it means to actually, you know, follow the mayor's lead. But, but we need to be back open by Easter. I remember telling him that we need to be back open by Easter. You just need to make sure that we're back open by Easter. How naive that was for me, right? So everything was, was shutting down. The world was shutting down around me, but all my, uh, fear and anxiety and questions were revving up. And I found 
even in that slowing down, even in that, you know, kind of closing off of so many of the other distractions and commitments I'd had in my life, I found silence harder and harder to come by. And yet I also found that I needed it more and more. I remember about a couple months ago from when I'm recording this, I had a particular moment where I felt anxiety in me rising to pretty peak levels. There were, in this moment, lots of decisions that we needed to make. Personally, as a family, kind of, they were all kind of coming to a head. And there's lots of work that still needed to be done, and nothing seemed to be working out quite right. And I knew that God was inviting me back into silence, this practice that had become so important to me and had, had kind of just gotten, I don't know, I got out of rhythm with it, like a lot of the practices and disciplines we had in our life, you know, over the last year and a half, two years, a lot of them just gotten out of rhythm. And so this is one that had gotten out of rhythm for me, but I sense God calling me back into silence. And at this particular time, this particular moment, we were actually staying at a friend's lake house right on Lake Michigan. Our house that we were moving into wasn't ready in time. This was part of the anxiety. And so we were having to live in temporary housing until our house was finished, you know, being renovated so that we could move in and and so, you know, here we are suffering on Lake Michigan in this little lake house that literally sat on the lake and overlooked the lake and where we got to watch sunsets every night. And so, you know, here I am stressing about, oh, when are we going to get into our new house? And we're in this immaculately beautiful space that our friend let us use for a couple months. So I felt the anxiety levels rising and I just knew I needed to go for a walk with God in silence. No music, no, no podcast, no headphones, nothing. And so I went on a couple mile walk where I ended up down pretty far down on the beach and I just sat and I chose to be silent and still with Jesus. And as I sat there, it was probably just, you know, the total time in silence was probably about 15 or 20 minutes. I didn't have my watch on. I intentionally didn't bring it with me. But I noticed during that time that none of my problems were actually uh, solved. It would have been great, right? You know, I get back an hour later and all the problems are solved. None of my problems actually got solved during that time. No answers came for the decisions that I needed to make. None of those became clear, but I got clear. That's the difference. Like the decisions didn't get clear, but I got clear. I got centered because I was able to actually rest in the reality of God. I got to to choose into the wisdom of Psalm 46.10 and just get still and know that God is God. I'm not. God is. And God is good. And God is in control. And that's enough to just rest in. And again, I didn't have some divine revelation where God spoke to me and said, this is what you need to do about the house, or this is what you need to do about the kids, or this is what you need to do about the church. And that did not happen. That's rarely happened in my life. But what I did get was the peace that comes from resting in the presence of God, from being silent, from trusting. And I think that to me is about as good as it gets when you can embrace, actually seek out like Jesus, make time and space for silence. It's a powerful way for you to pray. And, and like I said in the section I just read a minute ago, what I found for me is what's so helpful is I don't have to have any words. I don't have to have any form or structure or any of that kind of stuff. I just need to get to a space where I can be silent and still and rest in the reality of God. So I wonder what what choosing silence would look like 
for you rather than fighting the silence of God? What if you allowed yourself to actually be formed by the silence of God? To give yourself the gift of, of five or, or, or 10 minutes of real, actual silence. To not only welcome it, but like I said a minute ago, to actually seek it out, to make space for it and to join with God there. What if you could do that five minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes a day for a week? What do you think might shift in your life from praying through silence? What do you think might maybe not be as high of a priority as you have it in your head in this now moment? What might get settled for you? Again, maybe not an answer, maybe not God making something clear, but what might settle down for you if you could just choose silence? You know, I... I've found that since writing the book and we've walked through a pandemic, a racial reckoning, a contentious election, an insurrection, we've walked through so much. And I can't think of a season in my life where silence and stillness has been more needed at more of a premium than it has over these last 18, 20 months or so. And so as I look back and reflect on these words that I wrote before a pandemic, before all the things I just mentioned, they're more important to me now. They're more meaningful to me now. They're more needed in my life now. And my hunch is, is that actually may be true for you. And my hope is that this might be, become a, a practice for you, a way of, of praying, of, of seeking out and embracing God through silence. So, I want to pray for you here in a second. It's a prayer that actually comes out of this chapter of the book, Praying Through. Before I pray, I just want to say, if you have yet to pick up the book, Praying Through, uh, what a great opportunity for you to do so. I spent a whole chapter talking about something that no one really taught me about growing up was the silence of God and how to embrace God through silence and meditation and stillness and something I was even taught to be afraid of as a kid, but is become actually one of the most important pathways for me to connect with God. And so if you want to read more about that, you can actually pick up a copy of the book right now, uh, wherever fine books are sold. I don't know where lame books are sold, but wherever fine books are sold, you can grab Praying Through there. And then if this podcast is helpful to you, just hearing some thoughts and reflections from the book and then from my current life and what I've learned over the last couple of years since releasing the book and the pandemic and all things in between, uh, and, and you're finding it helpful to you, what would be super great is if you could subscribe to this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to, just subscribe to it. I know if you're listening on Spotify, I've switched all my podcasts over to Spotify. There's a little bell you can click on it, and that'll let you know when the next episode drops, and that kind of keeps you subscribed to this podcast so that you can listen to it as soon as it's available. Or if you want to leave a review, if you're able to do so, as I said in the last episode, uh, it goes further than you think. I know you've heard people say this before. It's actually true. Uh, just by leaving a simple review, it you know puts the podcast in front of more people who I would love to help in some way connecting to God through prayer. And again, review doesn't have to be a book itself. It can be something as simple as, you know, you say, it's good. And really that could mean several things. You know, it could mean it's good like that, or it could mean, you know, it's good. I mean, honestly, I'm going to let you determine what it's good means, but by leaving a review, it helps more people uh, find not only this podcast and this book, but ultimately find God and find him in new ways of praying. And so if you can do that, that would be super great. 
I would love to pray for you right now, and then we'll wrap this episode up. This is a prayer coming from how to pray through when you don't hear God saying anything. This is what I wrote, and let this be a prayer to you right now. Mysterious and sometimes silent God, here I am, distracted by and attracted to 1,000 different things. So quiet my soul. Help me to be with you here and now, even in the silence. Give me the heart of Hannah, the wisdom of Jesus, to know that even though you may be silent, you are not absent. Teach me to become fluent in the language of silence and to receive from you exactly what I need and more than I could imagine, your loving presence, which surrounds me even now. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with God. I hope this was helpful to you and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Take care.